Dancing with a Black Elephant? Who's Dancing with a Black Elephant? What is Dancing with a Black Elephant? Who's Dancing with a Black Elephant? Dancing with the Black Elephant? From Yeshiva University, this is Andrew Boyarski, and you are listening to Dancing with the Black Elephant. So I'm here with uh, Prakash Vangari in his office. Um, we're going to talk about risk and the Olympics. Um, Prakash Vangari is the head of the enterprise risk management function at Health First and an adjunct faculty member in the Master of Science in Enterprise Risk Management at Yeshiva University's Cat School. He is a thought leader with over 15 years of ERM experience and has served U.S. and emerging markets. In his role, he works closely with Health First board and executive leadership in identifying, assessing, and quantifying key enterprise risks that could impede the achievement of Health First's strategic objectives. Prior to Health First, Mr. Vangari was the Director of Enterprise Risk Management for Cambia Health Solutions, formerly Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield, a family of more than 25 healthcare companies dedicated to transforming healthcare. He also spent several years with Deloitte in their governance, regulatory, and risk services practice. He had the unique opportunity to design and deliver customized enterprise risk management solutions for several Fortune 100 companies and quasi-governmental agencies. And Prakash, I really want to thank you very much uh, for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you, Andrew. This has been a pleasure. appreciate you having me here. So, Prakash, my first question for you is, with the Olympics getting started today, uh, when we're doing the podcast, and hearing in the news about the norovirus incident that, that they're dealing with, what are some of the risks that are top of mind for people in risk management with uh, an event like the Olympics? Sure. Um, you know, clearly, as you pointed out, I think as I was coming up the elevator this morning, I you know, couldn't uh, not notice what's happening uh, with the norovirus in in South Korea there. Uh, you know, clearly, uh, pandemics, just to kind of lead it off, um, you know, whenever you have a gathering like that where, you know, basically the world kind of dons at one place to, you know, watch these uh, spectacular events, you, you do have to worry about that. Uh, but I think what really uh, makes the Pyeongchang Games uh, clearly, you know, uh, interesting is the proximity to the hostile North Korea. So I think, uh, I'm sure that's something that's been weighing on a lot of the risk professionals' uh, minds, uh, just all the geopolitical concerns around, you know, how to really deal with it. Um, and one of the other things, too, uh, something that we've seen in the past is, you know, whenever you have events like this, um, you have a lot of asylum seekers that that do come, uh, you know, kind of as, as a part of the, you know, contingency but um, interestingly, there's there's a lot in the news about the you know the possibility of uh, North Korean spies actually making their way into the country, uh, and I think um, it, it's it's possible that you know they could uh, pose as reporters, uh, medics, musicians, and things of that nature. So I think that uh, that that's pretty uh, one of the things that I'm sure they're going to worry about. Now, you know, we can not uh, talk about cyber risk and cybersecurity, I and mean, that's just engulfed pretty much 
all of us in you know in, in many ways uh, and I think there's a lot of uh, studies that were conducted to actually position you know an event such as you know a cyber event uh, if that were to really hit uh, an Olympic event of this size um, you know what did that can do uh, either you know it could clearly undermine the kind of the games um, including you know disrupting some automatic scoring you know video replays and things of that nature so I think uh, that is something that I'm sure the the professionals are seriously considering now to add to this um, clearly you know we've heard that Russia has been banned for doping uh, reasons and um, Clearly, that that could bring a different uh, kind of angle to this whole uh, situation with uh, with cyber risk. Now, I think the other thing that's uh, been talked uh, heavily, and something that a lot of uh, folks do um, think about, particularly with the Winter Olympics, is the weather. Right? I mean, uh, we've seen in the past, you know, there's instances where there was less snow, so they actually have to. Uh, manufacture snow uh, in order uh, for the Olympics but uh, in this particular case uh, the Pyeongchang is believed to be um, Earth's coldest location on its latitude due to its high altitude so here is a situation where uh, you clearly you know you have very uh, cold weather around February which is also believed to be one of their coldest time but um, what is going to be interesting, particularly during the opening and closing ceremonies, is the fact that they're actually uh, being going to be exposed to the elements. This is an open-air stadium, and it was also in the news around the um, uh, recent concert that they had, where a couple of the folks who've attended uh, were treated for hypothermia. So now here you have. A, a variety of risks, I would imagine, that risk professionals need to worry about. What would the risk management process look like for the Olympics? I mean, who would be the key players involved, and what type of work would this entail? Well, I think like most programs, clearly you would have ERM might, you know, take the charge for really ensuring that you have a, a good disciplined uh, risk management processes. They are not the only ones that are involved in managing these risks. Clearly, you know, they play uh, a facilitative role. And so, you know, one of the things that uh, we've seen this, uh, I think, since the 2010 uh, Vancouver Olympics, there was a particular rigor around uh, from kind of managing risks in a more uh, systematic way you know, using some of the URM processes. So I have to imagine one of the things that the Pyeongchang officials will clearly learn from those, from those lessons, it all begins with the proper identification of risks, right? So here you have processes that could be, you know, it could be various ways in which you extract this information. So you look at uh, some of the existing uh, kind of risks that are specific to the, the location itself. Uh, and then you, uh, you have officials that you interview or in certain cases you can use techniques like you know, uh, facilitating workshops and things of nature to really identify the whole host of risks. And then uh, you kind of sequence um, uh, would be where, you know, once those risks have been identified, you do have to ensure that you have appropriate risk uh, owners identified to manage this. Uh, and again, that's 
part of that is also where you want to, uh, part of the reason why you want to do this holistic risk uh, assessment is so that you can identify the interdependencies within the risks, which also helps you to assign uh, proper risk owners so that the risks are uh, managed in that way. So, you, you know, once you have that, you know, clearly uh, there's a lot of preparedness uh, that's required. Uh, and I think, again, for something like this, you almost look at a continuum of, uh, pre you know, preparations and preparedness. You know, you, you might have risks that are, you know, where you have some time to react to. Uh, so in those instances, you will, you know, have to, you know, I, I usually call this speed of onset, you know, when you, you know, we know that a uh, risk is likely to happen, you know, it has an impact, but how quickly will it happen? So what that speed of onset uh, would help you is to kind of gear up your preparations, you know, how quickly do you need to react to it? So I'd imagine that that is typically, you know, what some of the key steps would be there, you know, as a preparer. In risk management, there's a term black swan. This describes an event where the likelihood is really unknown, but right. the impact would be very disruptive, practically ruin the games. Right. Uh, can you think of the black swans? We talked a little bit about some of them. What would be the primary black swans that you would be concerned about uh, from a risk point of view for the Olympic Games? Well, to me, uh, you know, by definition, uh, you know, a black swan is this really this outlier, you know. Uh, that and it has to carry to your point um, an extreme impact you know something again you know with the proximity to North Korea well we don't really know what that attack might look like as an example there's clearly the nuclear threat but while you directionally probably know what kind of threat you could uh, but it, it's very hard to prepare specifically for something and it would be interesting too. Again, as the world is thinking more about North Korea and the proximity there, even something like we've heard this morning, like the norovirus, it is something that where you know when you're not looking in that direction, it kind of kind of bites you, <laughs> and which is really where in your preparedness, one of the things that you consider is the scenario planning. You try to think of as much scenarios as you can and be prepared because one thing that we all know is you want people on the ground who feel like they've been there and i think that the the only way you can get there is when you are able to think through these uh, so while it might not necessarily kind of emerge the way they might have planned for something like that but i think having that familiarity and you know what to do next uh, is important. So uh, I would think, you know, from a black swan standpoint, I think it doesn't always have to be something that is kind of a meteor coming and hitting Pyeongchang, but it, it could even be one of those things where you just, when you think you took your little complacent or you're thinking about something else, something else, some other event would, uh, you know, come back and bite you. So with that in mind, um, are there some risks that you've seen recently that surprise you at all? I think nothing particular, uh, like we, you know, as we talked about earlier in terms of um, what really has gotten um, a lot of press is just the, the proximity. And I think one thing that is interesting uh, about Pyeongchang is um, uh, this is not their main showcase city. So it is a little bit away, and I think they're actually uh, wanting to use 
the Olympics as an opportunity to really bring uh, the, the, the tourists to this part of the country. So I think, well, clearly there is a lot of natural beauty and things of that nature, but I think from um, when you have a city that's just built for an occasion like this, you can expect a lot of you know, uncertainties along the way. And I think from that standpoint, I could definitely uh, see that the committee or the, the risk committees need to be more prepared from that standpoint. So on the subject of opportunities, the tourist opportunities, we recently saw in the news that there's a, a hockey team from the north that will, together as a unified team, right. they're going to march under a unified flag. So these are opportunity mm-hmm. aspects, which are positive risks when Absolutely. we look at them. Yeah. Uh, do you want to comment on that? Yeah. No, I think it, to me that was, uh, again, as an ERM professional, uh, you always want to think about risk, not just from the downside. Uh, it's, it's the upside as well as the opportunity. With, um, and you know, to your point, I think uh, you definitely have a situation here where uh, with kind of north and south you know, marching under the unified flag, and then um, playing as uh, uh, one team in the women's hockey there, it clearly creates an opportunity for us to, uh, you know, have that hope that they will resume their talks uh, in this. And and also, I think as risk managers, again, it, these are the folks who are really behind the scenes. But I think if they are able to ensure that these games go as smoothly as possible, I think that is really a positive step in that direction where, you know, uh, where, you know, you can now have um, a situation where, if, you, if something uh, unfortunate were to happen, it only set things back. So from that standpoint, I think the risk managers have an opportunity to ensure that the games go well so that we're making forward progress, be it as a, you know, in, the, in those conversations uh, that hopefully will uh, yield to some, uh, you know, peaceful resolution there in the region. Um, and, and I think the other thing too is, you know, when we talk about opportunities in general, um, the very fact that you're looking at a risk from a holistic standpoint gives you the opportunity to mitigate uh, those risks um, in a unified manner as well so that the, you, you can uh, identify those synergies when you're um, you know we're actually mitigating those so I think that that is also the opportunity side of of ERM in this in this context if I might, uh, enterprise risk management or ERM as we've, we've called it using the acronym, uh, is very proactively mm-hmm. applied rather than playing defense, so to speak. Although you know, we can think of um, you know, traditional risk management in that light. What is the key difference between enterprise risk management and what we would view as traditional risk management? Right. I think so. Clearly, you know, there's this there's this evolution of you know if you kind of go back and look at it, traditionally when when you when you think about risk management, it was always about buying insurance and uh, you know and also then you had this kind of again if you kind of go on the continuum, then people were managing risks, but they were managing within their silos. Uh, and what we've seen, you know, after you know about 10, 15 years ago, when you kind of hear you know, you got the Enron and the WorldCom kind of um, episodes. Clearly, there was a lot of research done to identify that it's usually the strategic risks that needed to be managed 
in a thoughtful manner in order for you to be successful as an, as an organization. So I think that's when I think ERM kind of came in the forefront. Um, it's an opportunity for organizations to make sure that the their mission and the values are uh, baked into the type of strategic initiatives that they would pursue and then identifying the risks that could potentially impede those objectives. Uh, so I think um, a lot of times it's, you know, folks might, you know, naturally, you know, a lot of the business leaders are also risk managers. But I think where ERM really plays a major role is making sure that it is not kind of one and done kind of a, uh, a process. You know, uh, again, we've, uh, I've had many uh, interactions with a lot of business leaders where I had to articulate the value proposition of ERM constantly. And I think it all comes down to, you know, just because you talk about something doesn't mean you've done it. And just because you've done it doesn't mean you're good at it. So you have to constantly uh, have that discipline doing this. And the other thing that um, the ERM has brought uh, at the forefront is this conversation around risk appetite. A lot of organizations, uh, while they too take their risks, uh, the question is always, uh, you know, again, is there a, a more thoughtful process around how uh, and what type of risks that they're taking? And I think that's where the idea as, you know, your board and leadership coming together and articulating a risk appetite. Uh, it could be even a simple guardrail statement to begin with, but then, uh, you know, being able to trickle down to defining your tolerances so that the business unit actually understands what risks that they need to take. So I think clearly with the uh, setting up the conversation in the context of the risks to your strategy and then ensuring that you have the right discipline around how you take these risks in an informed manner is where the ERM kind of separates itself from a traditional risk management. This has been a great discussion, and I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I've enjoyed greatly talking to you about the Olympics and risk management. Thank you, Andrew, and this has been a pleasure as well. We've been speaking to Prakash Vangari, who is the head of enterprise risk management um, at Health First, and who's also an adjunct faculty member in the Master of Science in Enterprise Risk Management at Yeshiva University's CAT School. We had the chance to talk about the Winter Olympics that are starting today as we record this, and risk management and enterprise risk management. Find out more about our programs, including our MS in Enterprise Risk Management, at our website www.yu.edu forward slash K-A-T-Z or CATS. We would like to hear your feedback on our podcasts, so please send us any questions or comments to us at CATSpodcast, K-A-T-Z-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at yu.edu. Thanks for listening.